Welcome to Love Unlocks Live Sessions. I'm Heinz Winkler. It's Wednesday and it's so great to be with you again twice this week, yesterday and today. It doesn't happen often, but uh, due to circumstances, it has happened this way and uh, I'm actually loving it. Yesterday, great conversation with Pastor Sophia Barrett all the way from Manchester, UK about how she has overcome a very difficult situation in her life. Please go and watch and listen if you've missed it. Today, my guest as well has an amazing testimony, amazing story about how God has unlocked his life. And, and this is what Love Unlocks is all about, is to hear these testimonies about how God's love has unlocked our lives from salvation to challenging times, to addictions, to whatever it may be, that he is the one that can unlock anything in our lives. And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. And we, uh, at Love Key, we believe in healthy families building a healthy nation. And we want to see that people encounter God, align with His purposes, and reign in life. And we recently launched a church, can you believe it or not? <laughs> and towards the end of last year, Love Key Church is now up and running. For the time being, we are online, and uh, we would love for you to join us on Sunday mornings if you don't have a church yet. So please join us on Facebook and YouTube Live. That would be great if you can do that. And uh, we just love to see people through worship and the Word of God encounter Him so that they can align with His purposes in order to reign in life. And it's very important for us to then help others to do the same. And that is how we can change a nation, change the world. And that's what our hearts are for you out there. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please make sure that you subscribe, like, and share this uh, video. And also make sure that you, if you are listening to the podcast, that you subscribe and share that as well. We would love for these amazing, encouraging messages to get out to as many people as possible. Thank you so much. All right, we've got an amazing guest today with a great story. Uh, I've, I've been so inspired. I haven't actually met him in person, but I've heard so much about him. We chatted just quickly before this, and it's my privilege and honor today to introduce to you the Paralympic athlete, YouTuber with his own coffee brand, the amazing, talented Alvain Ace. Yes, let's give a big round of applause. <laughs> hey, Heinz. Thanks for having me. Cool, man. How are you? It's so great that you can join us today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm well, eh? And um, the weather isn't playing all that good along in Cape Town. It's extremely windy. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's actually good. So all right. I'm doing very well. Thanks. Great. I'm so glad to hear it. And how, how have you been uh, just personally coping with the whole lockdown COVID thing? Has it affected you in a big way or not really? Have you been able to do what you normally do? Yeah, so it's actually affected me in a massive way. So I depend on events and I train and work towards uh, special events. So with all the events just being gone, I had to get creative in the things that I want to do and still live out my passion and also my calling. So it really challenged me to think outside the box um, and spend a lot of time you know, with God, quiet time, just listening prayer, just trying to figure out, okay, what is the way forward? So um, it's also grown me a lot with my relationship with the Lord, trying to figure out, okay, but what is the next step? Uh, excuse the pun. But I think a lot of us have to, have to do that in this time because it's so uncertain. We don't know where things are going. It's so important to know what is the next step from here. Yeah, sure. And uh, have you found that God has really been just guiding you, leading you? What has your experience been? Are you still waiting for some answers? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I've gotten a lot of clarity and, and vision for what is next. 
Um, I don't want to say it yet, but I know in my heart exactly what it is. So I'm excited about that. And as I said, like I've grown so much, it really almost forced me to to grow my relationship with the Lord in terms of hearing His voice. Um, when I was in a comfort zone of, you know, there is provision, there are events, everything is going well, you don't really press in the way that you do yeah. when you're supposed to. Yeah. So I see lockdown and all those, uh, you know, everything that goes with that as a, as a real blessing in my life. It really took me to that next step um, with my relationship. And that's incredible. I'm, it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life, that this period of time, has marked that next level of relationship. That's amazing. And I, I found the same thing that, you know, all the things that we relied on in a typical way, mm. you know, both of us, different kinds of events, but also events, shows, ministry opportunities, it all just went away. <laughs> and we had to yeah. really just find a way. And uh, I thank God that He's done that for you and, and for us and our family as well. And and uh, that, may that also just be an encouragement to anyone out there feeling the same way. Like, what do I do? You know, I feel stuck or whatever it might be. If there's, there's something that happens when we press into God and, and find the answers from Him and not just from our own strength, yeah. right? <laughs> So, Absolutely. And on that note, uh, for those who are watching and listening, thank you for tuning in. Please tell us where you are logging in from, which city, which country. Uh, we always have people from different countries as well, but obviously many different cities in South Africa. Please uh, give us a shout out. And also, as you listen to this today, please comment and feel free to ask questions. Uh, post comments to Alvain. I can read all of them. I can even share some of them on the screen. Uh, so please, let's make this as interactive as possible. That would be really great. So Alvin, I asked you earlier, you, you're not married, you're not engaged, you don't have a girlfriend. Normally I ask people about their, their, their wives and their children, um, but since you're not there yet, but we're trusting that you will be, I don't know if you are trusting for that, but you know, um, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But uh, before we get there, uh, I would love to know, tell us a little bit more about your family. Where did you grow up? Do you have siblings? What, is your, what was your home situation like? Yeah, so I grew up in St. Francis Bay in the Eastern Cape. Nice. Um, typical, you know, adventure, swimming, climbing mountains, being in the bush, yeah, on the farm and all Sounds that Sounds horrible. Stuff. So, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tough life. Eh? <laughs> and we are actually four children. I am the second youngest. So I've got uh, our older sister, older brother, then myself, and then a younger sister. And we're a bit scattered at the moment. So Big family. My sure. two sisters. Yeah, so my two sisters are still in the Jeffreys Bay area. And my brother is up uh, closer to um, Pretoria. And I had to move from St. Francis to Pretoria when I was nine years old when my parents got divorced. Um, and that was really, you know, the first time I got confronted in life with, with challenges. Sure. And um, that's kind of when, when this whole you know, journey started for me, um, growing closer to God, okay. um, through, through that difficult time. Mm. And that was my first encounter with seeking answers and seeking the Lord wow. in that time. Sure. And, uh, yeah. so, so are any of your family close to you here in, in the Cape? So my dad is in Somerset West okay. and my mom is still in Pretoria. Um, but the rest, yeah, we're a bit scattered at the moment. We have good relationships, healthy relationships, which I'm grateful for. Okay. Um, but I don't see them as often, especially now in lockdown. I don't see them at all, yeah. um, except my dad. I see him on a regular basis. 
Well, he does live in the most beautiful town in the country, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not uh, biased at all. Not biased at all. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, all the way from Somerset <laughs> West over here. And uh, we, we have people uh, telling us where they're coming from. Uh, Mozambique, two people from Mozambique. We've got someone from Port Elizabeth. Uh, Ilona from a Sop Nat Kreersdorp, she says. Uh, we've got Lizelle from a Windy Cape Town. Hanley from Bloberstrand. Uh, wow, Joe Olsen from Jerusalem. That's awesome. So oh, cool. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, man, this is going global. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so thank you so much for logging in. Please keep telling us where you're coming from. And as you get onto this program, just uh, comment and share and tell us what you think. Ask questions. It'll be great to hear from you. So I need to ask the awkward question. Um, do you want a wife? And if you do, uh, what are you looking for in a wife? What is your list? Maybe there are some ladies listening right now that are looking for a husband. <laughs> so, yes, I'm definitely trusting for, for a partner to do life with, but I've come to, to realize that I've got a very unique life, um, mm. not just being in a wheelchair, but the things that I do, my career, um, these extreme events, uh, ministry, all these kind of things, it's really going to acquire someone special. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually funny because at one stage, uh, God just said, stop looking. Because um, I kept on, you know, searching and looking. And then I'd, I would meet someone. I was like, okay, is this her? Mm. You know, and I'd mm. like, pray about it. <laughs> and at one stage, you know, I'm, I'm making myself crazy. And I was just like, and God just said, but just stop looking. Like, I'll send the right one at the right time. Sure. And I think many of us go through that, especially mm. Um, you know, I had that when I was between 25 and 28 because then the pressure is on. Then your grandma keeps on asking you yeah. and every everyone <laughs> in the family is like, So luckily I'm through that phase. Um, I just hit 30. So, you know, I think at this stage then they think, okay, maybe he's going to just not marry. And that's actually a good place to be because then your siblings and everyone just stops asking. But no, I am trusting for someone, but the right person. And I know, I know the Lord will provide that. Just yeah. as He provides for everything, you, you must have faith and trust for these kind of things. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, I can just confirm that, brother. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, uh, and but I was almost your age when I got married, 28. And yeah. it was the same for me. I just, God, God led, God showed, and he gave peace. And so I can just confirm that you know, what you, the, yeah. the, the way you're approaching this is, is, is right and God will provide at the right time. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, but well done on, on dodging the question about specifically what you want in a lady. Uh, you just very <laughs> broad strokes. Very, I see through that. I see right through that. I'm kidding. I'm just pulling your yeah. leg, man. <laughs> I can't feel that. Sorry, Heinz. <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to have a few of those today. I'm going to have to watch my language. All right. Yeah. So I did warn you about this. I have to ask you uh, to share a most embarrassing story with us, if you have one. I have a very embarrassing story, actually. Okay, so great. I was I was about to go talk at like a local small church, 
and but there was like a little stage the the step is probably about that big okay so i was i would say newly injured i was like you know one year or two years in a wheelchair okay so you're quite a rookie yeah. at that stage and they they had to help me up the stage and and they dropped me oh no picking me up on the stage no and that was so embarrassing yeah and and then i had to do the talk still so that was that was Ouch. super embarrassing i can imagine and it's kind of like, you know what? It happened, and I just had to laugh at myself. Yeah, you have to get the job done after that. But that's oh. something that I'll I'll probably know, won't forget. No. Yeah, I know absolutely. Uh, but like yeah. you said, I think it's all about how you handle those situations. You know, take it in your stride. Yeah. You know, act like it's normal. <laughs> it's, yeah. It happens. Like, I, uh, this, this, I'm pretty sure the happens. people that dropped you it's felt worse. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like a bunch of school kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Shame. Anyway, but thanks for sharing that. Uh, it's we we all have those moments that we look back on and yish. Mm-hmm. And I, I when I spoke to um, my guest yesterday, she had a hectic one. She she spoke. She, she was on a stage inviting her husband onto stage, and she called him the wrong name. Her own husband. So that was like. Oh goodness. These things. These things happen. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what is what is your if you had to look at your uh, this, the events you've done so far you've done quite a few um, mm. so I mean for those who don't know you've probably picked up by now but Alvin is in a wheelchair he's a, a para athlete um, before he was in an accident that's why he's there we'll get into a bit more of that later uh, but for now I just want to focus on the fact that you have done an iron a half Ironman you have swum. The eight kilometers from Robin Island to Eden on the Bay, Blowback Strand. Uh, you're preparing for a few others. I'm sure you've done a few other events that I'm not aware of, but it's, uh, is there any one of those events that, that stand out for you? Um, is the Robin Island one the big one? Is there, do they each stand out for a different reason? Can you tell us a bit more about those experiences? Yeah, so they all stand out for for a different reason, of course. Um, everything that I do is obviously a very prayerful approach that I have to these kind of events, because mm. um, it's so important to to like stay in the will of God. To yeah. always, if if that is what your heart is, and that is what my heart is. Um, so the first half Ironman that I did was in Durban, and that was that was when I realized what I'm actually called to do. And that was a very big tipping point for me in my career. So that's what really stood out for me that that time. And when I look at the the swim that I did recently, the Robin Island swim, um, that stood out to me in a way of that was the first time that I really felt a conviction and a calling to do an event that I really actually, I didn't have a massive desire to do it because I was so scared of it. Um, wow. I'm not I'm not a swimmer. Uh, I can't imagine being in the open ocean and now I must do this massive long distance cold water mm. um, swim. And, you know, it's kind of like you fight with God about these things. So it scared me so much, but I was also excited about it. And that's what really stood out to me that when I finished it, it was like, okay, wow, um, you're actually a lot stronger than what you think you are. Um, and if 2020, if I can compare it with 2020, so this happened at the end of 2020, yeah. that is what 2020 taught me, that mm. you're actually a lot more resilient than what you think you are. Sure. Um, and 
you know, that swim was just the, the, you know, the icing on the cake of 2020. Wow. So they all have a very unique way of standing out to me. Um, what you see and what you read is, is the physical, natural event, but there's a lot bigger uh, a spiritual story, personal spiritual story behind it. Um, I actually want to share this about the Robben Island crossing. So when I got retrenched and left my job um, to follow sport because of a calling that the Lord gave me, um, I thought everything is going to go fine from here. It's going to be easy because I'm following a calling. You know, I'm talking about like financially. Um, but little did I know that before you, you know, you get a, a like a calling or a commissioning, and then you think you're just going to go from glory to glory after that. But you forget about that that equipping season, that yeah. wilderness season. Absolutely. And yeah, but I was actually warned about this where I had a quiet time with God. And he said, look, you are going through the wilderness, but I will care for you. And that's what I went through. Uh, 2019, 2020, that was me going through the wilderness. And just before I did the swim, God started speaking to me about the book of Joshua, how they went through the Jordan River crossing into the promised land. So doing that swim was was my Jordan River crossing. That was wow. my experience of it. Sure. Yeah. And I I wouldn't say I predicted, but God told me the date that I would swim months in advance. And I wrote it down and I put it on my closet. I didn't have I didn't know actually what meaning the date had. I just know that that is the day that I'm going to swim. So if you know anything about open water swimming, ocean swimming, especially this cold water swimming, the conditions must be perfect. So the date moves around quite a lot. You you actually don't know when you're swimming until about a day or two just before you swim. So there's no way of predicting exactly what day you're going to swim. And as I was reading the book of Joshua, I read that they crossed the Jordan River on the 10th day of the first month. And that is exactly the day that I swam from Robben Island to Bloberg. Um, <laughs> wow, that's and awesome. It was, and it was exactly... And it was exactly the date that, that God gave me months in advance. I'm talking about three, four, five months in advance. Mm. So that was a massive spiritual journey for me. Yeah. A massive, massive thing. And if people ask me, yeah, how was the experience? It's so difficult to put it in words because it's an accumulation of, of such a massive event just all coming together in, in like a time span of three hours. And... I'm, I'm someone, I love numbers and the biblical meaning of numbers, and you can go read up more about these things. But I swam 7.7 kilometers in three hours and three minutes. Um, <laughs> wow. And when I, had a, uh, when I had a look at that afterwards, I was like, wow, you can never doubt that, that God wasn't involved yeah. in this. Sure. Um, so it, it was a very special moment to me. That's that's what I will remember for the rest of my life. Not how difficult it was, not how cold the water was, not how scared I was, not how hard I had to train. Um, just how how close I was actually to to the creator of the universe in that ocean. Amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. I love this one quote. Uh, you're you're in the. I just showed the. The spread in the Yeich Tijdskrif that's out this month. <laughs> and um, you guys that don't have the Yeich yet, please go out and get it. You can also subscribe to the Yeich or Joy magazine for three, four, nine a year. They deliver it at your door. It's pretty amazing. But uh, I, there's this quote where you say, 
uh, at one point uh, you were swimming and you looked up at God and he said, yo, this is tough. And you just felt him say, I didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I think that's true for, for our faith journeys as well. You know, the stuff in life we go through, but also just having that faith. And I, I love how you, how you realize that this is a physical thing that symbolizes a spiritual journey. And, how, mm-hmm. and I think God still does that with us. You know, we sometimes make everything abstract about the Word of God. But for the, especially for the Hebrew believers in the Old Testament, uh, mm-hmm. th- that was, everything was very literal. Um, so yeah. that for me, I love that. It's very encouraging to think about that. And, you know, it's not everyone that God tells to swim eight kilometers in the open cold ocean. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that is that is incredible, and I I can only say well done, and yeah, that's really Thank inspiring. I, I know that um, you had a whole crew with you filming the thing, Stefan Enslin. Mm. Um, I think I yeah. saw Nielis Engelbrecht there as well. Some amazing people. Yes. Um, when will that film be available? Do you have any idea? So we're planning on the end of this year only. Um, it's okay. in post production right now, but we just have some other plans with it in terms of film festivals and stuff. Good. Um, but we're not entirely sure when exactly, but we're planning on the end of the year. Yes. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I saw some, yeah, it's, saw some it's clips amazing. that you guys shot. It looks amazing. Yeah. I think Stefan did a great job on that. It's going to be really epic. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was, It's incredible. Yeah, I can only imagine. You, you must have, have you sat in the edit booth and seen some footage? Uh, I have not because okay. it's only going into post-production right now, but right, I'd very right. much like to. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Um, talking about filming, you you've got quite an active uh, YouTube channel. I see that you've mm-hmm. you've been busy uh, putting out a video a week, from what I can gather. I want to quickly show people here. This is his YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe. I've got the link in the post. He, it's a yeah. You tell us more about it. Let let not me do it. <laughs> You'll do a much better job. <laughs> Why, why should people go and visit your, your YouTube site? Yeah, so I, need, I just needed to give you some background. I actually started that in lockdown, actively uh, creating and posting videos. And it was also kind of like inspired with, I've always wanted to tell my story a bit more and tell what I'm going through a bit more because I believe there's value in a testimony. Uh, there's power in the testimony. And I know what I've gone through to to get to this point and I really wanted to share that journey so a lot of the videos that I started out with were basic you know wheelchair tutorial kind of stuff helping people in similar positions as myself wow um, and and also because I couldn't find any of that resources when I just got injured oh wow I couldn't find out I couldn't find out how do I get in a car how do I start driving sure how do I put on a wetsuit how do I learn to swim I had to figure all that out like on my own wow. and that inspired me to to kind of share my journey. Mm. Um, so the type of content that I do share at the moment is I talk a lot about my faith. Um, if, if I get inspired to to share a message or, you know, share a testimony or stuff, I want to put it up there. But not just for, for the viewers. It is also for myself because we can oftentimes forget what God has brought us through, uh, what He has taught us, and our relationship with Him. And you must write these things down, make a video about it. You don't have to post it even. But it's so important to to write down your testimonies and your conversations with the Lord and the revelation that He gives you. 
Um, and I do have a teaching heart in me. So I love sharing that kind of stuff. And the other part of the channel is more my journey towards the events, the training that I do, the work that gets put in, uh, the updates. You know, if, if I'm training for the Robben Island Swim, I'd love to show you the eight weeks leading up to the swim and not just on the day. So you can actually see the journey because that's a lot more important than the actual event sometimes. Yeah, of course, I can imagine. And uh, I, I think it's so it's so cool that you do that. And I like the idea that you said that, you know, it's a way to diarize your own journey. And, and if only yeah. for you, you know, you can go look back and go, wow, that happened and that happened. It's almost like scrolling through your phone photos for, from two years back and you go, oh, yeah, that happened and that happened. And that's really cool. I love that. And But I love the fact you're also encouraging people, like you say, who may be in the same position who just don't know. And um, it's so cool that you didn't just you know, wait for someone to help you, but figure it out, ask for help, and then also helping others. I think that's great. So, yeah, guys, please go yes. check that out. Uh, it's a really cool uh, YouTube page. And uh, he also talks about his, his coffee business. Um, I want to show you that. You've, you've, uh, tell us a bit about your coffee brand and why you started that. And maybe I saw your testimony. I watched the testimony video about your coffee business. If you maybe mm -hmm. give us a snippet on that, that'll be great. Yeah, so... The coffee business actually started just because um, I take strong coffee before I go training every single day. And I have a friend that roasts the coffee and he started roasting it and one day he came to visit and he gave me some coffee to test out. And before I knew it, I was creating my own blend of what I like the most, the coffee that tastes the best to me. And when people come visit me, I give them the coffee, they taste it. And they always had a lot of questions about it. And I had to explain to them, okay, but you won't find this in the stores because we roasted ourselves, we blended ourselves. Cool. Um, and then I started providing that coffee to them, uh, to some of my friends. And then Reino, that's the guy that roasts the coffee, he said, look, um, put a label on it, brand it, and you can sell it. Yeah. Um, let it grow generically. And I love the idea. I love the challenge of creating a coffee brand. Uh, the logo design, I had a lot of help with that from a friend of mine, Mika. Uh, she is a graphic designer. And it was such a you know organic process um, and a, I would say a very like true process. The idea was never to build it into a business or make a lot of money out of it. It's just a passion project basically, um, kind of like a hobby. And we do have a lot of ideas to expand it in the future. But at the moment, it's just growing generically. We have the online store running and it's handcrafted coffee. So every single week, it's fresh coffee that gets made. It's not coffee that stands around for months on end in a store uh, before it gets bought up. So it's a very unique way of roasting coffee. That's so cool. I, I would love to get a bag. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh <laughs> I'll I'll do an influencer post for you. Come on, send me a send me a. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'll buy it. It it, it sounds good. It looks good. <laughs> no, you must just tell me if it's beans or filter, and I'll 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 sort you out. All right, cool. But I can see you know people can buy it on your website. So his website is is on the screen. It's on the post. So click there. Go buy some coffee, um, and enjoy your own AU coffee. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Um, but well yes. done. I I love the fact that you. 
You don't just, you know, wait for something to happen. You make it happen. Uh, may that also be an inspiration. I remember you're kind of in the middle of lockdown when things were really difficult. My, my wife did a, a video post as well where she just told people, listen, what is in your hand? What, what do you have that God can multiply? Yeah. And uh, that inspired so many people. It's also actually what brought us mm-hmm. out of a difficult place in lockdown. Um, so this is also just another example of, you know, what is possible when we are in a tight spot. You know, we can either give up, throw in the towel and moan and complain and be a victim, or we can go, you know what, God, show me, what do I do? What do I do with the, the fish and the bread yeah. in my hands? How can I make it more? And uh, it's great to see when God does that uh, with someone who's faithful. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that and yeah. well done. And it's really encouraging, man. So cool. Thank you. I would love to, I mean, we've, we've touched on, on areas of your, of your testimony, but I'd like for you to now just take us through that journey. Um, whether, you know, from the moment you first, like you said, after your parents' divorce, there was an awakening in your spirit. It was kind of a catalyst to asking questions, wrestling with God. What is life about? Um, and, and so please share with us, how did you actually get saved? And, um, and maybe take us through, through when you were a young rugby player and you had the accident, how did you deal with all of that? Yeah, so my my first memory of like, I would say interacting with God on a, on a very personal level, I'm not just talking about going to, going to church and uh, saying your basic prayers at night. Um, it was after my parents got divorced. I was about 10 or 11 years uh, of age in that time. And I remember one night um, I was like reading my Bible and I was reading actually about, about heaven, about how that is. And that just really, sorry, I just want to start this again. That like really just inspired my faith um, at that moment. And I remember like praying. I said, God, I want, I want to be used by you and I want to do great exploits for you. I just, I just remember that. Sure. Um, at that moment, it didn't really, I didn't think much of it, but it was a very, you know, contrite prayer. It was really heartfelt. And, um, and you were only 11, later, 10, 11. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. But I just remember, I was just like reading about, I was just like, I want to do amazing things for you one day. And I kind of forgot about it. I just forgot about it. Um, and trust me, then the trials really started in my life. Hmm. Um I had, a, I had a difficult, you know, growing up years uh, with divorced parents and not knowing exactly where I fit in, what I'm mm. supposed to do. Yeah. I think all of us go through a lot of that and the enemy, he takes his, his shots there. Um, at the age of 17, I believe that's when I really got saved, when I went on a, on a camp, on a church camp, and I gave my life to the Lord. Um, but I have known him before that, but that's when I got born again. Uh, so I would mark that the date that I gave my life to the Lord. And then things uh, got even more difficult because that's what happens. Amazing if, how that happens. You, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's not just for no reason. So you can almost be ready for that kind of stuff, but yeah. at least we know that it's already overcome. That's a very important point that you need to know that he's already overcome everything. Um, at that stage, I didn't grasp the whole concept. And anyway, so when I was 18, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Um, that is like, it's a kind of like an IBS situation. Wow. 
so it's like having ulcers in your stomach and in your colon and stuff. Sure. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that hectic at the time, but I went on when I was 19. I played for Sharks Academy. Um, I, I played rugby there. I went to Marty's and I studied further and I played there rugby as well. And then, you know, stress really got to me. Being a first year, trying to juggle studies, uh, playing for Marty's rugby, which is very demanding. You have to Can train imagine. a lot. And then also juggling a social life. Do, do you know how difficult that is? And, <laughs> Especially uh, in Stellenbosch. I know. I studied yeah. there as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, for some people, that's a full-time job. The yeah. first year. And, <laughs> and it takes all their budget. Was, <laughs> yeah. So. No, it's, it's, it's tough. And I remember like stress just really aggravated this ulcerative colitis. So um, for the people that don't know, the effect thereof they had to remove my colon when I was 21 years old. Now, Yo, that took, wow. Yeah, that, that took four reconstructive surgeries. Um, and without a colon, it's a very interesting life in terms of you, you almost never have energy. Your body can't absorb all the nutrients. Mm -hmm. um, your metabolism is really quick. It's almost like a gastric bypass surgery that they do. Yeah. Um, so at the age of 21, that is not what you want to go through. Everyone is having this amazing life. They are healthy. They are fit. And here I am where I can't even go to classes anymore. I had to write tests in hospital and do online courses. Wow. Um, that was extremely difficult, like Hectic. mentally. And wow. I was someone that, that loved sport. I still yeah. love sport. And, and it got taken away from me. And, and I was told that I'll never be able to play contact sport again. And that really took a big knock on me. That really imagine. took a massive knock on me. Wow. Um, I didn't think too much of it. I just took it day by day. That whole year I was put out of action. Um, I didn't do any sport. I got very unfit. I wasn't very healthy because you're battling this disease inside of you. Mm. And the year after that, I started you know, training a little bit again, very slowly, of course. Uh, got back into my studies. Um, I actually changed courses. I did uh, engineering first, and then I switched over to BCom Logistics, a less demanding course okay. uh, for me at that stage, and that really helped me. So I could just focus a bit more on, you know, finishing my studies, and um, I really wanted to play rugby again. Slowly but surely, I got back into uh, sport and playing rugby, and the irony is. Um, when I got back on my feet, I played better rugby then as what I did before my accident. Wow. Um, well, not my accident, but the <laughs> surgeries. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was something in my mind that, that clicked. Sure. I was like, but how is this possible? Because mm. they said, one, I would never play sport again. And now I'm playing better sport with, with a compromised immune system and health and everything, and I basically didn't train for a year. What happened? Something mm. must have happened. Mm. And then I realized the 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 power of of having um, you know the right motivation, uh, really wanting to do something and putting your heart behind something. Then I, I realized the power there is in that. Wow. Because when I had every, when I, it's almost like you have a lot of excuses. Um, you don't really know what you have. You don't, you're not grateful for everything. But when I nearly lost it, I yeah. basically did lose it. I just approached life completely different. Um, sure. So I had a massive mental shift. 
And that wasn't the end of the difficulties. So I played for two years then for Marty's. I played for the first team then for the first time ever. Wow. Uh, which was a massive which was a massive thing for me. I was Huge. so yeah. you know, proud and happy. Yeah, it's of massive. Course. And you know, Marty's rugby is incredibly competitive. Um, it's one of the biggest rugby clubs in the world. Wow. So if if you're not available to play, there's just ten other people, you know, down the line that can take your spot. Uh, sure. So anyway, after that I played for two years and then I had a rugby injury. Um, where someone fell on my shoulder and I tore like my, my pec, my bicep and my shoulder uh, muscles completely off. What? And that's, yeah, that's kind of when I called yes, it. Bro. I said, okay. The, yeah, hits, that the was hits just keep on coming. My word. Yeah. Okay. And then I said, okay, I think I'm done with rugby. I'm finished <laughs> now. I got reconstructive surgery. They fixed my shoulder. Wow. And then... And then we went away for a weekend, um, just like some family trip. So, And I got out of the shower, and I was trying to reach my towel behind my back, but very slowly. And as I reached, I just heard a massive, like almost sounded like a gunshot. I was like, what just happened? And when I looked, my whole bicep was, was sitting by my elbow. And I tore my bicep again. Um, oh, my and word. And I was shocked. Yeah, I was like, this isn't happening. Like, this is not happening. Yo, kind of wonder what they did that reconstructive surgery with. Yeah, and I went the second time. I got Yo. surgery again. And then my arm was a sling, in a sling again. And soon after that, um, I got in my car. Then my, my arm was almost out of the sling. I think I had like a week left. As I was driving, my arm was in the sling, but when I drive, I just took it out of the sling just to hold the steering wheel at least, which was, which I was allowed to do. There's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I took my eyes for one second off the road and I lost control mm. and I woke up next to the road and I'm paralyzed. Sure. Um, and it was almost like, you know, it was a period of three years that the attacks just did not stop coming. Physical wow. attacks, like yeah. physical attacks. Yes. Um, and, you know, looking back at it, I realized what it was. But in the moment, I did not realize what it was. Um, it was clearly that, you know, the devil was trying to take my life, not, not just disrupt it. That was full on trying to kill me, you know, a car accident. Sure. There is no way that I should have survived that. I wish I can say, show you photos from that day. Mm. Um, I want to I explain to you actually what happened. So I went out the passenger window. Um, no other door could open. No other window was broken. Nothing. And I remember I, was, I left the, that window upon impact. And that's when I lost consciousness. And when I woke up, the car was about 40, 50 meters from the road. And mm. I was lying on the driver's seat. Um, outside the car, but like in a fetal position, so close to the car that my clothes scraped the dust off the door. Now, when I looked at the photos, I was like, okay, but I fell out upon impact because I know that, I remember that. But they found me on the other side of the car about 50 meters from the impact point and perfectly in a fetal position. And that's when I realized there was there was some supernatural intervention. I should not be alive. <laughs> wow. I, I should not be alive. 
Did you have your seatbelt on? No, not at all. Uh, okay, sure. Hectic. And there, and there was a man, and there was a man that found me. Um, and he, when he woke me up, he touched me, and I just woke up immediately. Mm. And he, all that he said is, he said, "You hurt your back really bad. Lie completely still." Okay. And then I, and then I thought, how do you know that? How do you know I hurt my back? I broke my back. But I lay completely still. I listened to him. It was like a very authoritative voice. It's yeah. Like, okay. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna chill you. Luister for it, one. And yeah. And and then he said, um, "Who who must I call for you?" And I told him a friend's name, and then you can call my dad and whatnot. Um, afterwards, I saw him in the rehabilitation, and his name was Hosea. Wow. Now. If you know what Hosea means, that means he saves and he helps. And here's the funny thing. Um, I've never seen him again. I don't have his number. I don't have his details. Nothing. I've never seen him again in my entire life. Wow. Even even after all the media interaction or anything, he's never contacted me. And I had his number and I don't have it anymore. For some reason, it's just gone. Um, and that's when I knew it baffled me. When I was in hospital and rehabilitation... I, th I just kept on thinking. I was like, Lord, I know you saved me that day. There is a purpose for my life. You have plans because otherwise I would have been in heaven with you already. So that was a big turning point for me, um, deciding to, to give my life you know, physically to the Lord and do whatever I'm called to do. You know, when you have moments like that, uh, events like that, there is no way you can go back to a normal life. It's impossible. I can imagine. Sure. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I know from the, the article in, in Yeich, you, you talk about especially the feeling of loneliness in the beginning, that no one really knows what you're going through. Um, share a little bit about how you felt God came into that space. Yeah, so that was a very difficult period going through because – People can sympathize, uh, they can visit you every day, family, friends. But it was so difficult to to really relate to anyone what I'm going through. Yeah. Just because they can't put themselves in your in your wheelchair. They can't put themselves in your situation. So it was a very, very difficult time just to to, you know speak to anyone about it because no one truly understands. They don't have anything to say to you. Um, a lot of times we might feel that way in life, that I can share my story or my problems with, with, with people, but they don't really know what I'm going through. Yeah. But here's the thing. The only person that will ever know, and I'm saying person um, or entity, is God. It's only him who will ever understand what you are really going through. Um, sure. And he just he just filled that gap for me, with with it was just love. Mm. They weren't. I was seeking answers, and you don't always get the answers you, because you don't understand what you are going through. Um, I think back today, and at that time, I kept on praying. I said, God, I know you can heal me. You can you can lift me up out of this wheelchair right now. But why isn't it happening? Why not? I don't. I don't understand this. Mm. Um, I know you. I know you have the power to do it. I know you want to do it, and I know you will do it. But why isn't it happening? 
And when I look back at it today, well, when I asked those questions, it was just silent. It was just nothing. And when I look back at it today, it, that question got answered. Because if I stood up that day, there wouldn't have been a testimony. Mm. No lives would have been touched. And the prayer that I prayed when I was 11 years old was, God, use me. Mm. And essentially, my prayers are just being answered, not in the way that I had expected. Yeah. God didn't make the accident happen. It wasn't him, but he will use it to his advantage. And the devil will be sorry that he ever tried to do these things to my life because all the glory is going to go to Jesus at the end of the day. <laughs> and that's just how, how these things work. Like he, he turns, you know, new wine into old grapes because that's what happens when you give your life to the Lord. You can turn around any situation. Um, and that is my conviction. No matter what you are going through, no matter what is happening in your life, he will and he can turn it around if you give it over to him. That's powerful, man. Sure. So encouraging. And I know that you... You go around doing your events, but you also, like you said earlier, do speaking events where you encourage mm -hmm. young people. Um, when you get the chance to to share at a school or a church, um, wh what do you typically share with them? What is the? Or do you just ask God what is what is the focus today, or do you always tell the same story and adjust it a little bit, or how does it work? So I always pray beforehand of course that I want to I want to share a story that's relevant to the people that are there now it's tricky when you speak to school children because you can't I can't speak you know about everything about all the detail necessarily but it's about the message behind it yeah. so yes everyone wants to hear the testimony and they want to hear the story um, but I'm more interested in sharing what God has put in my heart yeah uh, whatever it may be whatever the topic is so I always try and blend it in with that um, to get you know to get to the hearts of people um, of what the Lord wants to share because Holy Spirit always wants to talk he always wants to share a message he always wants to touch hearts and once you realize that um, you never get on a stage the same you never share the same message again mm. um, once you realize that and you must just be led by his spirit you know that's good I, I have I have planned our talks um, where I write everything down, everything, and I plan this thing to the T. And then I get on the stage and I didn't look at my notes once and I talked about something completely different. That's because Holy Spirit wants to talk about, he wants to talk about other things. Yeah. Um, that's, where, that's because I didn't consult him when I was planning the talk. And that happens. And now I've learned to flow with him and... You know, talk about what is on his heart because he knows the people's condition that are in that, uh, you know, area that I'm going to talk into. Um, he has all the answers. So it's it's best to, to listen to him when it comes to these kind of things. Amen. Absolutely. And uh, Alvin, with where we are now as a, as a nation, as a world, the I mean, there's we, everyone is in some way affected by the virus. Some are infected. Some have lost loved ones because of lockdown. Many people have financial difficulty. Um, then on top of that, they, they're probably struggling with one or more personal challenges, other health issues or relationship issues, whatever it might be. There's so many things going on. I think as a nation, mm -hmm. we're you know traumatized in a big way. What would your 
your message be to to the church of South Africa, the Christians in South Africa and every other nation that may be listening? What would your message to the church be at this time? What should we be focusing on? So what's really on my heart, and this is just what I've, what I've experienced and what I'm sensing, uh, one, I really believe that the church is moving, and church meaning the body of Christ, which, mm. which are we essentially. You've seen it now in lockdown where churches have closed down, it's online services, and the church is moving outside of the four walls. Um, I think it's been too long where it's been kept in the four walls, where your Sunday or, or your religion is just on a Sunday. Mm. And I think that time is over where we're going to start living as Christians, where people are going to see it in everyday life. Um, so it's moving beyond the four walls. That's one thing. And then also, in times of all this uncertainty, um, there's a, a great awakening taking place, what I sense and what I've experienced, because it's going to be necessary, especially in these times. You're going to have to uh, use your discernment going into um, today's world. The Bible speaks of discerning of spirits. Now, I know there's different levels of, of anointing and the gifting, but we all have that discernment in our hearts, and we're going to start have to have to listen and see with our hearts and not with our natural eyes and ears. Yeah. Um, and that's really what I sense what, what this – we've been a long time in end times. We all know that. Um, ever since after the biblical canon, we've been in end times. And it's just going to grow, you know, it's just going to intensify where you're going to have to rely more on your heart and not your, your logic and, and what you see in the natural. Okay. And to those that may be listening that either aren't Christians or they are sort of thinking about it, listening to you today going, wow, that's incredible. I'm going through some tough stuff. Sounds like I need Jesus in my life. What would you say to, to unbelievers today? Well, if, if I think of, okay, let's say the, the average unbeliever or a person who, who just, you know, thinks things logically out. Um, I would be very depressed if I look at the current situation that the world is in and that is my only vision that I have of the world. Mm. So we're going to have to look past that and the only way to do that is to think and listen and, and live with our hearts. Um, and that is the gospel is, is all about the good news and that is why it says we live by faith. We live by the things that we cannot see. Um, in these times, it's so important to live that way, to live, you know, according to the things that we cannot see, to have that hope that it is going to be okay, that it is going to be better, and there is a hope uh, to live for. Um, so all that I'm trying to say is you can't focus on the physical about what you see is going on in your life and in the world because that is very dark. <laughs> that, that picture is not very bright at all. Yeah, it's amazing what you also picked up in the article. You say that, you know, you can be physically lame, um, but mentally strong. But if it's the other way around, you, you also won't get anything done. So if you have, have, are mentally lame, if, you, if your thinking is lame, the kind of thoughts that you have are, uh, you know, dismantling your life instead of building it up, then you can be in a worse yeah. position than someone with a physical disability. Um, what would you, is that, yeah, I'm probably putting words in your mouth now, but uh, what would your message be to anyone listening right now that may have some form of physical disability that are going through those moments of feeling alone 
um, that is going through the struggle of no one understands, uh, I, no one knows how to help me, all those kinds of things that you've gone through, what would your message be to someone in that, in that position? So from my own experience going through that kind of things, um, I had to readjust my mind and kind of like renew my mind mm. and fill it with the right thoughts, the right ideas. Now, it, it's not that easy <laughs> as what I make it to be. It's, uh, you know, depression is a real thing. Anxiety is a real thing. Um, life circumstances, you can't just ignore it and be happy-go-lucky the whole time. It doesn't work that way. Mm. But... I'm trying to speak now to everyone, but for me, what works is if I fill myself with the Word of God, there is no other way but for that negativity to leave my mind. It depends on what you fill and what you feed yourself with mm. uh, the whole time. You constantly have to feed yourself with the Word, and then it has no other option but to fill you with the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Your life will show that fruit. Amen. And then all the negativity, all the depression, all that stuff is going to get flushed out. That was my experience of it. The moment I started filling myself with the word and positive things, um, looking, you know, to to the good stuff in life and what I still do have left and focusing on that kind of stuff, I gave power to that. Um, and that's such an important thing if you, if you don't dwell on, on the negative things and what can go wrong. Because usually the things that, that we think about and that we worry about, they never happen. Uh, probably yeah. nine out of ten times they never happen. Mm, sure, that's so true. Did you did you find that your spiritual family played a big part in your journey, your local church? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, I've I've moved around quite a bit, but when I was in rehabilitation, I couldn't wait for a Sunday so I can go to church and feed on the Word and mm. the community. Um, that played a massive role for me. Just just a massive role. And as I, you know, matured and grew up in, in, in my faith, I kept on, you know, seeking that deeper revelation, that deeper revelation. And um, never grow comfortable in your faith. Um, I really believe that we will never truly arrive at a point where we know everything, where we are full of revelation, all the revelation that there is to know. Mm. You will never reach that point. Okay, I can tell you now, you will never reach that point. And if you feel that you have... And you're probably not like challenging yourself enough, um, you know, spiritually, because you have to put in the work as well. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not the responsibility is not on God to make you grow spiritually. Um, it's it's not His responsibility. That's our responsibility. Sure. Because uh, you know, like powerful. the word says, "You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart." Yeah. And that I've found to be true. You know, time and time again, mm. you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart, not just five minutes of praying before I go to bed. Um, my spiritual father, I love this saying where he says, um, remain longer in the presence of God than you have to. <laughs> so I'm someone I'm someone that loves to, to plan my diary, plan my time. You know, I'm very, you know, meticulous about that. So even my, my prayer time, I do schedule it in my diary. And then sometimes I've, I've been spending an hour now, you know, reading or praying or worshiping. You don't have to stop after that hour. You don't have to go to bed exactly at 10 o'clock. Stay longer than you have to. Because mm. I can promise you God loves that if we just, just remain in his presence. Just stay longer than you have to. Don't give him the scraps of, of your time that's left. 
that's then you then you experience uh, a new level of of revelation that when you when you really press in you stay longer than you really have to sure um that's like that's like extra class at school <laughs> uh, that, that's when you get smart i love it alvin we have a lady here melinda she says i really needed this i'm also busy recovering from a brain injury still paralyzed in my lower leg and struggling and uh, she's just saying that that's been a real encouragement to her today. So that's that's wonderful. Thank you, Melinda, for sharing that. That's we appreciate awesome. it. Wow, we're almost at an hour. Can't believe the time has flown so quickly. Um, Alvin, yeah. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. What a what an encouragement you are. Thank you so much. I want to ask that if you have maybe some final thoughts to share, and then if you would pray for those who are watching and listening, uh, people like Melinda and others that that maybe have been encouraged. Um, that God will just come and do a work and, and that they will find a, their own way to really see God, as you said. Yeah, so if I, if I think of like a final word, I think we're really being tested um, in our faith to, to trust God in this time. I know I've been stretched this year, last year, you know, beyond what I thought possible, but it's really taught me to trust the Lord with, with my whole life, with, with everything that I have. And um, once I, you know, realize that and have grown a bit in that trusting the Lord, it really just made everything easier. Um, not trying to fight on my own, not trying to do this in my own strength the whole time. Um, the Bible talks over and over about, you know, the, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people who love God. Mm. And that rest is still available today. We don't have to fight alone. We don't have to do this alone. Um but you really have to have to give yourself over to God, whatever it is. Uh, we all have areas in our life that we need to hand over to Him. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's just really on my heart that we just need to keep on surrendering. You know, day by day, you will have to die and you will have to be reborn, you know, in God. Amen. So that's just really on my heart to share. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um so would you please yeah. pray for those who are watching and listening? Of course, yeah. Thank you, Father God, for, for this uh, privilege to, to share your story and what you have done through my life, inspiring other people, Lord, and helping them up. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the work that you are doing in each and everyone's heart, Father. I know we all are on our personal journeys where we're learning to trust you with our finances, especially in 2020, Father. We, we have learned that our bank account is not our provider. Our, our work is not our provider, Father, but you are our provider, Father. Mm, and Lord, thank you. I thank you. I really thank you for the trials that you send over our path because, Lord, these trials produce perseverance and, and uh, a strong faith, Father. And I really believe that this is necessary going forward in the years to come. And you are, you are busy getting us ready. You're busy building us up that none of these challenges, none of these trials are for nothing. Father, I just pray that you will make it evident to those people that are listening that what they are going through, it's not for nothing, that there is a purpose in what you are going through, that God will turn around your situation, mm. that the breakthrough is coming, that we just need to keep on knocking on that door, no matter how closed it may seem to be. Father, if we keep on knocking and we keep on seeking you, that you will open up the doors all around us, Father, that the breakthrough will come for us. 
Lord, I thank you that you are protecting us in this time. Father God, I thank you that you are being with those infected and affected by this mm-hmm. COVID virus, Father. I just come against it, Father. Yeah. This virus is its not from you, Father, Amen. but you protect us from this. Thank I just come Jesus. against it right now, and I pray for healing for, for everyone who needs it, Father, not yes. just from the virus, but also in any, any other physical ailments, Father. May it be in the brain or the spine or the legs, Father, whatever it may be, that you are with us and you strengthen us. And I thank you, Father, for your for your presence in this time, that your voice is with us every single day, every yes, moment Lord. of the day. Amen. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Lord, I just want to pray for, for Olvain. I thank you for this mighty man of God that you've raised up, that you've guided, strengthened, protected, even though some may look at his story and think, well, he wasn't protected. Lord, we, we can see a different side to that story, that you are in those moments and you guide us through it. You, you protect us through it for the glory of your kingdom. And we know from your word, there are so many examples, Lord, that things happen in a certain way for your glory. And I thank you that here's a young man who stands up, recognizes that and lives it out. I, th- I thank you for his life and his testimony. I thank you that you will keep blessing him, strengthening him and guiding him as he moves forward in his ministry, in his sport and in his life. Lord, I, I want to stand with him in agreement for, uh, for a wife that is made for him, that understands his world, that can come alongside him and help him, guide him and be his helper the way your word says a wife is a helper. And that they will become this amazing power couple that takes more ground for your kingdom. I pray that you will open up more opportunities for him in the sports world, in the ministry world, and that you will take him from glory to glory and strength to strength in every way, shape and form. And Lord, I just want to pray a special blessing on his health. I've heard he's, he's, he's experienced more than most people have in a lifetime. And uh, I, I ask, Lord, that, that he will see no more, uh, no more things happen in his health in a bad way but only improvement, only strengthening, and only health in His future. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and uh, may God just bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you um, for you and your family and everyone you work with. Um, I quickly want to remind everybody that you can read more about his story in the Yaich Tijdskrif this month. It's still available, um, and... You can also subscribe to Joy and Yeich for 349 a year. That's nothing. And they deliver it to your door. Pretty amazing. There's this great story about uh, his testimony and also about his swim from Robben Island. So go check that out. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can also go and subscribe to his YouTube channel and go check out his awesome coffee that you can buy from his website. Really cool stuff. Uh, so exciting. Thank you, bro. God bless you. Have a great day. And uh, I hope we meet one day in person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we will. Awesome. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Love Unlocks today. We really appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for being part of this. What a privilege and an honor. Please remember to support Alvain Ace in in his sport, in his ministry. Go check out the YouTube channel. Buy the coffee. Subscribe to Yeich and Joy Magazine. We would really appreciate that. Also, if you want to partner with our ministry, Love Key Ministries, you can go to uh, the link in this post or just go to lovekeymission.com 
and you can check out there the options and how you can get involved. And also remember, we have church online at the moment. We uh, are on my Facebook page, the Love Key Church Facebook page, YouTube channel. Please go check it out on Sunday mornings at 10. We would love to see you there. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you will take the advice to see God, stay close to Him, and, uh, and that we will see you on the next Love Unlocks. Keep an eye on the pages. Remember to subscribe and like. We appreciate you guys so much. All right. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye.